So today we continue our series on the prophets, and today's prophet is Amos. Amos was a contemporary of Hosea, the prophet that we hung out with last week, so around 8th century BC or BCE. Amos also lived in the southern kingdom of Judah, but his prophetic work was to the northern kingdom of Israel. We know that uh, Amos was from a place called Tekoa, um, south, maybe southeast of, of Bethlehem, uh, and that he was a farmer. Uh, he uh, also maybe had cattle, and he also um, was a farmer of this kind of uh, fig-like, mulberry-like tree. It was this, this bitter fruit. and Anyway, he had a lot of stuff swirling. Um, scholars think that Maybe it was while he was on business when Amos went up into the kingdom of Israel that he kind of noticed the surroundings and, and was stirred by that and disturbed by that. And that's when God began to call him, maybe just for a, a brief period of, of prophetic activity. Uh, Amos himself in chapter 7 of his book says, I am no prophet and I'm not a prophet's son. His way of saying maybe, like, I'm just a business guy, a shepherd, a cattleman, a fig slash mulberry tree farmer. Um, I'm not a professional prophet. But he cries out against the northern kingdom of Israel. And his message um, was different from Hosea's. If you remember from last week, Hosea, uh, he was really crying, crying out against kind of cultic malpractice or what we said, um, uh, religious promiscuity, where Israel was chasing after uh, other gods and Baals and uh, these um, fertility rites and, and all that stuff. Amos doesn't really go there. Amos is stirred uh, by, by the injustice, the exploitation of the poor uh, by the rich, those who live in their uh, big palaces and are on their soft uh, couches and, and such. So, in the text, our text that was read for today, maybe when you listened to it earlier, you were like, holy cow, uh, it's pretty harsh. Uh, God says, I hate. Hate's a strong word. I despise your festivals. I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. I don't accept your offerings. And, and then... He says, take away the noise of your songs. Your, your songs are, are like noise to me. I won't even listen to the melody of your harps. So it's like God is saying, your, your festivals, your solemn assemblies, your rituals, your songs, I hate them. I despise them, he says. That's a pretty hard word to hear. The Hebrew word for festivals, it's, it's, I think you pronounce it hag, H-A-G. It, it's it's a, a general term in reference to like the really big festivals that, that Israel celebrated every year. Uh, there were the pilgrimage festivals of, of unleavened bread and, and, and of weeks and, and of harvest. The solemn assemblies were, were sacred and important too. And of course the songs. Uh, the word that's used there 
uh, for songs is, is the word that's literally in the Psalms. It's kind of like, it's almost like there's this reference to the whole songbook of Israel. God's like, I'm, I'm not going to listen to that. So I think about the voice of the prophets. And we've been saying this, you know, uh, the prophet was a, a, a timeless word for present time. And how do we apply that to us? Like what's uh, the word from the prophet for us today? And I think about this part, and I did some soul searching with it, and would encourage you to do the same. But you know, I, I don't think that God hates our festivals. I don't believe that God despises or takes no delight in our solemn assemblies. I believe with everything in me that God delights in our songs and the music that we make. I don't think the word that Amos gives to the northern kingdom of Israel in the 8th century BC is a word that directly applies to us. I guess maybe you feel that way too, but it is a word for us to, t to take warning and to take caution because it's possible that God could be disappointed uh, in our rituals and in the things that we do. And so it's an opportunity for us to examine it and to look closely. What is our motive? Are our rituals and our, our practices uh, empty, self-serving? Or are they full of, of deep meaning? Verse 24 is a famous verse. But let justice roll down like waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. You know, when I um, read that verse... And think about it, I, just, I can't help but think of uh, the prophet Ezekiel and the vision that Ezekiel has of the temple. We've talked about that a good bit. But in Ezekiel's vision, God, God takes him around to the, to the front of the temple. And you remember, there's water trickling, just trickling uh, over the threshold of the front door. And this, this water that trickles it grows in, into this, to this huge river. And this river that flows out of the sanctuary of God, it actually says in the story that it comes from the, the south end of the altar, this water that originates in the altar of God becomes this great river and it flows into the Dead Sea. The New Revised Standard Version says that it's the sea of stagnant waters. And everything comes alive. The Dead Sea comes to life. And where there were once no fish, now there's fish of every kind. And along the banks of this river are fruit trees of every kind. And the fruit never fails. And it says that the leaves are, are for healing. Twice in this passage, it says wherever the river goes, everything lives. And I think about that word for us. Like, what does it mean for us uh, to, to, to be this source of justice and righteousness that flows like this water, like this ever-flowing stream or a mighty stream? And I think it's our presence. Like, what I love about Ezekiel's vision is that wherever this river goes, it's like wherever God's people, 
wherever we flow into the world, stagnant places will come alive. Desert places will be, will be rich with food and life and fish and people. And I think about uh, us and the power of our presence. Like our presence matters. And, and so, you know, I, I think about our assemblies and our festivals and our rituals. I, I think about the empty space, this empty space. We're not present with each other. We're not together in this place. I'm here and you're there. And we celebrate today one of our, our, our richest celebrations in communion. And so, to me, it's a word for us, I think a word that we've answered in so many ways, but how is it that we continue to be present, not just to each other, but to our world? How do we flow into stagnant places? February is Black History Month. It's kind of uh, this marker that's been, been put in our calendar year. I learned so much in the last 12 months about black history and it really impacted me. And I know you too. Um, but we've got this month of February to, to keep learning stuff. Martin Luther King Jr. on August the 28th, 1963, um, he gave the speech. It was the March on Washington, the March for Freedom. It's the famous speech, the I, have, I Have a Dream speech. He was on the, the steps of the, the Lincoln Memorial. If you go there, there's a, there's a little plaque that marks the spot. And in the middle of the speech, he talked about the fact that we can't walk alone, that we need to walk together, and this pledge that, that we're never going to turn back in his speech, he said, some people ask um, civil rights activists, when are you going to be satisfied? And then he, then he goes down this litany of, uh, we're not going to be satisfied as long as we're, we're victims of, of brutality. Um, we're not going to be satisfied uh, as long as when our, our tired bodies from traveling, we can't stay in a, a motel on the highway or a hotel in, in the city. Uh, we won't be satisfied. Um, as long as, as our mobility is, is from one ghetto to a larger one, we'll, we'll never be satisfied as long as uh, our, our children's dignity uh, and their selfhood uh, are, are diminished by all these whites-only signs. Uh, he says we'll never be satisfied uh, as long as we don't have the right to vote. He says we will not, we cannot be satisfied until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. He gave his life for that freedom. Righteousness, justice. I, I got the District United Methodist Women's Newsletter just this week. That's called, it's called Women Talk. Um, uh, maybe you got it. Uh, our own Debbie Ray is, is the president and, and others in our church serve in, in leadership positions in the District United Methodist Women, but 
Um, in their newsletter, uh, there's a section on, on vision and goals. And, and I was stirred by that. Uh, a number of different things. Uh, one of them was um, to raise awareness and, and advocacies. There's like two focuses. The first one is climate justice. And I thought about that for a minute. Like how often do I think about the climate when I think of justice? Um, our, our creation care team thinks about it all the time. And I could launch into a whole bunch of stuff there. But that it's got to be on our radar. And, and another one that United Methodist Women are, are focusing on is, um, is criminalization for communities of color and, and mass incarceration. And then I continued through the, the newsletter, and there's a social action plan for economic justice. Like, they're all over this justice and, and righteousness thing, and they're giving their lives to it, and it'd be good for us to follow them. I... I think about our life together. I think about it um, this year in the pandemic. I think the, the pandemic exposes lots of things. I was talking to somebody just last week about it. There's a couple of things that, in my mind, this pandemic has exposed about us. The first one is, back to before, we ache for this place. We ache for our festivals, our celebrations, in our rituals because they're not empty. Some of you step foot in the sanctuary or any room in this church and you're moved to tears because there's deep meaning here. The second thing that just became very obvious to me is that we care about justice. We care about the, the, the people who are, are struggling to, to find enough food to eat and place to stay. You know, I, I read that in the United States, we're 4.25% of the global population, and we consume at least 25% of the world's resources. And so I, I think about uh, a timeless word of a prophet being relevant for us today. It's how does this, this justice flow from the lives that we live You know, if you read the book of Amos, in, in chapter 4, there's a phrase, and it's a striking phrase. God says something, uses some kind of uh, bad thing that happened, you know, like lack of bread, withheld the rain. But th this, is the, this is the repeated phrase, yet you did not return to me, says the Lord. Yet you did not return to me, says the Lord. Yet you did not return to me says the Lord, skip down a paragraph, yet you did not return to me, says the Lord, five times. Chapter 5 um, begins with this lament for Israel's sin. God says, seek me and live, twice. Seek the Lord and live. That's gospel. That's good news. And so, in our solemn assembly, in our celebration, we always begin with that. In our liturgy, there is a, a prayer of, of confession and of pardon.
and, and we pray it together. And God hears us. And God responds. And so now, if you'll follow with me on the screen, we'll move into this. And in this prayer, and in our prayer of great thanksgiving, that the presence of God will stir us, challenge us, forgive us, and use us. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, 
with the Holy Spirit in your holy church. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This is the body of Christ given for you. And this is the blood of Christ given for you. Amen. 